0: You're listening to Holland Christian Medium Talk.
1: Because I think it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable. And when
0: you can live life that way, where you're
1: that vulnerable with people, and you know, like, they're going to be with me through it all. Through the good, the bad, the ugly, the wrestling, the struggles. That's a pretty incredible thing and has made me a better person for sure.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Holland Christian Medium Talk, episode number two. This is Mr. Russ. And co-host Cam the Incredible Hulk. Hey, guys. Oh, I like that name. Just came to me in a vision.
2: Like almost Hulk, but...
0: It's close. When you mispronounce it. Today, our special guest is Mr. Kevin Kuman.
1: Hey, guys. Thanks Thank- for having me here, Mr. Russ. Thanks for having me here, Cam.
0: Of course. Hey, we finally got a time to meet. So <laughs> yeah. grateful. I know you're a busy man. Got all kinds of kids at home
1: we got three little ones at home, but this is good. we got some time here, and I'm excited to hear about their days, and yeah, excited to see what you're going to ask, and maybe I can, I don't know, share bits and pieces of my story and, yeah, some
0: of the the ways that God has shaped me into where we're at and why I'm here. Awesome. And you're one of the ones we wanted to start with because you're someone whose story and stories have impacted so many in this place, myself included, so.
1: You are too kind. You're too (laughs) kind. Well, thanks hey, for letting me share with you.
0: Let's start with this. <laughs> is it true? You don't know what I'm about to say this, but top 25. Oh gosh, stop! Christian this is not why we're here. Of all time, really? That, there's a, a Cam. He's of all time. <laughs> he's
1: there, got. There was an article that came out in one place by one random person <laughs> Ever at heard one of point in time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was not on ESPN <laughs> that listed the top 25 Christian athletes of all time and some weird way or whatever. I ended up on that list.
0: So, list or no list,
2: <laughs> yeah. regardless, i, I, I think at it's one at one point in time so. I was
1: listed at number 25.
2: Did you beat Steph Curry out for that spot? Or? Steph Curry
1: was not on that He's list. He's 26. So. Yeah, stop it, you two. So All right, go on to some real things.
2: <laughs> but basketball, that's been an important yeah. part. What, what
0: You've played in mm-hmm. high school here at Holland Christian. I did. But then went on to play where?
1: I After my time here at Holland Christian, went down just a little bit south to the south side of Chicago and went to Trinity Christian College is where I ended up playing and had just an incredible four years there. Loved uh, my coach who became really a father figure at that point in life, um, especially when I needed a father figure. And so basketball was always something that, uh, especially in college, was something that was more fun um, and less something that felt like the need to perform. And that's why I think I loved it so very much was it was a place for me where I could be me. And that was a, a lovely thing.
0: Sweet. Any advice for aspiring athletes out there? What yeah. would you say? Uh,
1: I think when I was in high school, I was so concerned about, um, like most things, concerned about the wrong things, right? And when the game became a game to me, instead of something I tried to defeat, conquer, or be incredibly great at it, and and God did. He, he gifted me with some athletic talent, right? So when I was in high school, I was an all-state player, when I was in college, I was a you know four time player of our conference and all of those kind of things. But um, if you can just get out of your own head and realize that it's a sport and it's supposed to be fun, man, did I find so much more joy in my teammates mm-hmm. and in playing the game? Because I think I was playing it more for the right reasons.
0: Is that so true? I played basketball or baseball, not yeah. at all at that level. But I think when I took it, the in one sense took it the the least seriously serious. i yep. performed the best yeah. for some mm-hmm. reason when you when you're yep. consumed with the stats and, and to think
1: you enjoy it right so like yep. those 4 years are done and now i play like old man rec league ball <laughs> and it's <laughs> you know like when you're in that time where it is ultra competitive like sometimes it's hard to step out and be like i want to really enjoy this friday evening that i'm getting to do this with teammates that i call really good friends and i'm still really Sweet. good friends with today
0: very cool yeah Hey, this is something that I've heard you do. I've never seen you do this before, but for, I think it's senior English, Mm -hmm. day one, you ask a question, correct me if I'm wrong, but you ask, who are you? And you don't accept kind of those surface level answers. Is that, is that something you do? Yeah.
1: I started this a number of years ago um, and it sort of um, frames the entire semester, Um, And so that first day they come in and I have all their names on note cards and just simply go through and say, Cam, who are you? And I always feel slightly bad for the first kid who's looking at me like a... (laughs) And in fact, sometimes they have that. One student this year said, uh, what are you looking for? What's the right answer? (laughs) And it always kind of makes me chuckle a little bit to go like, what a nasty, terrible question. I don't really know you. You don't really know me. It's like I totally invaded your personal space and got too close by going, who are you? Hmm. How how dare ask that question? And yet at the same time, man, they are this close from leaving this place and going into a different place in their lives where they inevitably will run into somebody who's going to say, Hey, who are you? Hmm. And I don't know that even some of our 17, 18 year young, young adults have really thought about that question and so that sort of frames it for, for the year. I share with them who I am, and that is I'm trying to be somebody who's real. Hmm. I'm trying to be somebody who isn't fake, but it is so tempting and easy to be fake. And I think a lot of our students wrestle and struggle with that too. Um, and so the pieces that we cover in the first semester, like the Screw Tape Letters and the Chrysalids and Hamlet, all hope to give some more insight into better answering that question, who are you? Second semester, then, I change the question. Uh, instead of, who are you, I go to Jesus' words when he turns around in the Gospels and says to these disciples who are following him, what do you want? Um, and as they're going into the second semester, I kind of put that question in front of them, like, all right, you've been here, you've done this, what do you want, hmm. right, as as the doors are about to be open to you? And so those are the two
0: framing questions that I use for the school year. I love year. that. Thanks, you're too kind. <laughs> and time and time again, you're somebody who, students, as I ask, what's what's really making you think in your senior year? What's something that's really shaping you? I often will hear senior English with Koeman. So here's just a, a kind of a simple question. Advice for somebody who's going through the halls right now, what would you tell them? You walk these same halls, a little different, but the, mm-hmm. but the went to Holland Christian. What would you say to maybe your high school self or to any uh. of the students who are currently going some of that is the material that
1: we study is what it's so great in senior English class you know when you get to study Shakespeare and you get to study C.S. Lewis that's way less about me and more about about them um, Brian and Cam like I, and I don't make any secret of this I I really struggled and hated high school um, and a lot of that was mostly due to my physical appearance which is a big deal for high school it's a big deal for all of us in life Um, But for me in particular, uh, I came into high school not having hit puberty yet, and so that's awkward even in itself. And when you go into choir and you're put in the soprano section as a freshman boy, man, does that stink. Even though I was a good singer at the soprano level, it's still hard. Um, And the other boys let me know about that in the locker room and in the hallways, and still sophomore year, hadn't hit puberty yet. And just remember screaming out to God too, like, is this going to happen? How come this isn't happening for me? Every other guy, you know, is growing facial hair and whatever, and I'm still this little pipsqueak. And then between sophomore and junior year, um, puberty hit, and it hit with a vengeance. I grew four and a (laughs) half inches during that summer. My foot size went from a size 8 to a 14 in that summer, like, it was just awkward and strange. Um, but for me, like, the really hard part is I also got terrible acne, right, all over my face, um, but also over my chest and my back. And it was super embarrassing, right? And so a junior walking around here, upperclassmen, finally there, and just being so highly embarrassed and hiding that and finally breaking down and telling my mom, because it didn't seem like this was right? going in and getting put on some really serious medication which started to clear up my face but also opened up all of the acne on my chest and back and so I had open source and so walking around the high school hallways wearing three four t-shirts underneath my regular shirt because I was so embarrassed that I was going to bleed through and I mean just just hard going through that basketball season um, was a challenge you know I never wanted to get taken out of the game and so You know, when your colors are maroon and white, any home game, when we're wearing white, like, same deal, three, four t-shirts, and then exchange those out at halftime because they were just covered in blood. Um, I think the the big realization hit for me after the basketball season, uh, and once we got about to spring break in that junior year, was that I was going to be left with scars, and that didn't really hit me until then. Um, And I do still to this day have hundreds of scars all over my chest and all over my back. And I went through that summer just desperately wanting friendships and desperately wanting to hang out with all of the other kids and go to Ottawa Beach and go pier jumping and go hot tubbing with girls and all of this stuff that, and just found myself making excuses because I was so ashamed with the way that I looked. Um, And so I try and tell that story. And there's more to it, but for sake of time here, um, I try and tell kids, if I could say something then, I, I wish I would have had the courage, because I think it takes a lot of courage to be vulnerable and to share Um those who I was in high school with who have heard this story now and didn't know about it for 10 years or whatever, just said, Oh, cool. I wish you would have let us know. Like it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like that wouldn't have. And I think a lot of that was in my, and I, I probably would have enjoyed my high school time a whole lot more had I had that courage to actually share a bit of, Hey, this is me, all of me, the good, the bad, and the really scarred, um, and I, I know now that that would have been okay. I don't know if I was strong enough then. Mm. And so I try and encourage kids to be brave, to be strong, to be courageous now. Because this is an incredible community who um, who I don't think is going to be judgmental in that way. And I think is going to come and support anybody who's struggling with a physical deformity or scars or an emotional thing or whatever it may be. Um but it takes that first step step of having that courage to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm yeah. just hearing, as a high schooler cam, talk to me because I, I hear this as an educator and think I want to be aware of those worlds that my students are living in that I'm often so mm-hmm. blind to as a teacher. I'm I'm so often like, why aren't you with us? But there's stuff. I mean, there's whole worlds. Cam. As a student, how does that story hit you? Is that something that that, you know, in terms of your friends, your life as a high schooler. Um, I'm, not, I'm not asking a very clear question, I guess. What, what do you hear from his story?
2: Well, I mean, I'm sure there's all things, like, even in your life, like, that you have going on, but mm-hmm. you don't want to share out of fear, yeah. regardless of how big of a deal it is. Because mm-hmm. to you, it's just like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. Or to someone else, they're like, oh, okay, that's happening. But it's hard to have those things and share them because, like, you really overthink it and you're like, that's a lot where, I mean, it may be a big deal, but to share with somebody, like it may be become a, a, it may be a little less of a deal to you and then they may take on some of that. And also if you're able to share, it allows other people to be aware of it so that like, I mean, my friends and I, we, we always make fun of each other and we'll like say things to each other, but for all I know, they have things going on mm-hmm. that they haven't been willing to share. And if I were to hear that, I may not say something things to them because right. I may not know, like, oh, they actually, like, are dealing with this. And by saying whatever to them, it may hurt them more than I mean it to. <laughs> we have to be careful with the way we poke fun of each other. As I know from senior camp, like, everybody has a lot going on, and there's a lot of people I wouldn't expect to go up in front of their whole senior class and say, like, hey, this is happening, because when I see them in the hall, I'm like, oh, they're always smiling, they're always happy and saying hi to people, they must be having oh, a great are, yeah. time in high school, and then they go up, and they're like, guys, I'm kind of deflated right now, like, life's tough, mm. and I think to have a community like Holland Christian, like you spoke into a little, it's it's definitely great, because we know there's people here who care, and that would love to hear what's going on in your life, but overcoming that fear of stepping out of the comfort zone and sharing your problems, whether they're physical or emotional is a big deal. But I think to speak to students specifically, like we're here for each other and it may not seem like it all the time and we may not be close, but like we should be able to talk to each other. And I think that's definitely something that we have here. That was
0: one of the coolest things for me of senior camp was how many people and of course you know many of our most of our listeners don't know even what we're talking right. about but to hear so many students say hey um, I want to be somebody who you feel like you can talk to or that was powerful to me to see Mm -hmm. so many people in the senior class step up and say, I want to be somebody who is trustworthy. Um, So if you're struggling or if, you know, whatever's going on, I want to be somebody you can talk to. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. It was
1: amazing. And it's pretty cool too. Like I I sit here now on this end and it, I mean, it took a little kid actually to to make me realize who saw me as somebody not who is scarred. But saw me as somebody, was I going to be intentional about spending time playing with him, Mm -hmm. or was I going to blow him off? Mm -hmm. uh, That was back when I was at the conference grounds, when I was in college, and I agreed to a job there as the summer youth director. And I was so scared, because as the youth director, I was going to have to take off my shirt, and I had kept this secret for four years from anybody and finally agreed and went into the pool there and a little kid's just laser beam looking at my chest and i'm going oh please don't ask oh please don't ask please don't ask and sure enough the kid looks up to me and you know he, he kind of says hey kevin were you, were you shot by a shotgun and i, I mean every part of me wanted yes. to be like yeah and i saved that bank robber and you know all that kind of stuff or whatever and i just said no and he asked if I rolled around in a fire and, a, you know, just this kind of like the beautifulness of kids. Um, and and finally, he asked, well, what are those? And I just said, they're scars from when I was younger. And he said, that's cool. Will you shoot hoops with me? Mm. And it was like in that moment, it was like this freeing of what really does matter. And my head knew this, but I I, I couldn't get that in my heart was the intentionality of the relationships. And so I share that story with kids here now and give them opportunities in journals and senior English and everything else to, to share their story um, in a, a free environment. And I've had so many kids reach out and, and share their stories mm. too. And what's really cool and amazing to me is, you know, Cam talks about the student body here, and I'm blessed to be in both the student body but also in, in the colleagues that I work with. And I know my teachers too are just so willing and able and unbelievable at walking with kids and sharing parts mm-hmm. of their stories with kids too, not so that it's like this cross and lap, but just so that there's this unbelievable partnership of like, I know my colleagues genuinely care about the kids that are in their classes every day um, and want to be there for them as best they can. And so that's that's a fun and great part of it, too.
2: Yeah. Um, you shared a little of your story at senior yeah. camp, and we heard from some others. And then also hearing this, I think you did a chapel on that, didn't yeah. you? Um, on the scars. Yeah. yeah. A
1: couple of years ago, back when you were sophomores. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Mr. Mustard asked me to share that one, and I said no three times before <laughs> he finally said no, nope, you're doing it.
2: Yeah. But, well, I've definitely heard some of the struggles you've right. had in high school, and it seems like you didn't have the best time, and as you said, you hated high school, mm-hmm. so why come back? Why, <laughs> why come here and have yeah. to walk these hallways every day? And... I
1: tried to run from it big time, did Cam, you? to be Oh, big time. Mm. I, uh, when I was in uh, high school here, I did enjoy biology class. Okay. Um, and I like most, you know, seventeen, eighteen-year-olds wanted to make zillions of dollars because that's Definitely. just the way that you know it, life is good and happy that uh-huh. way. And so, so you I, went a teacher. To, I went down to <laughs> Trinity pre-med. I was a biology really? major. No, I did you not bet. Know that. I was going to get my undergrad at Trinity and play basketball down there, and then go mm-hmm. to one of the Chicago schools, Loyola or something like that, and become a, a doctor. I mm-hmm. wanted to cut people open really? and yeah, yeah and um, like do my dream was to get athletes back on the field. So like do mm-hmm. ACL reconstructive surgery, yeah, that sort totally. of deal. Did awesome. not know this but about But in my you. in my sophomore year. We were doing a, a, a biology dissection and we cut open a pig and that pig went <laughs> and I went <laughs> 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 fainted big time and my dream of being a surgeon pretty much
0: ended then. <laughs> so you didn't know that at that point. I didn't know that, that.
1: I think I was running, Cam, you know, yeah. I think um you know Mr. Mustard talks about like people that God puts in your life mm-hmm. that you maybe don't realize at the time but are like showing you yeah. where God is it, And I had those people, too, and I think I was just running. My dad was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. My sister was a teacher. My uncle was a teacher. Mm-hmm. And from a pretty early age, people were tapping me on the shoulder saying, hey, you should think about going to teaching, you know? And Mr. Hiskus comes by in my senior year like, Koeman, we need you. <laughs> we need you <ya laughs> yeah. to That's be cool. a teacher, you know? And so I think I was just running for a while. Mm-hmm. And after that moment, it was... Yeah, it's it's what I really love. I love being able to be with kids, and I love mm-hmm. being able to be a part of, a small part of maybe turning on light bulbs, you know, mm-hmm. in kids' lives. And I chose English. It was one that I didn't like in high school for most of it. Um, uh, until, but I do, until I had Mr. <laughs> Hiskis for class, you bet, and said, whoa, this is a pretty neat and fun and creative way to be able to do this. I'd love to make it fun and exciting for kids yeah. so that they too, if they come into an English classroom,
0: hopefully are walking out of there going like, that was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. How about you mentioned a couple, at least the, the influence of teachers. How about other people mm-hmm. who've been a big part of your life, people who've shaped you over the years?
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: one of the the biggest ones was actually when I left high school here and went down to Trinity. My basketball coach became a huge person in my life. His name's uh, Gene Fitzgerald, and he, uh, he stepped in um, for those four years and has been since as sort of a dad in my life. My dad at that point in time was really struggling with his... Um, with his drug addiction. He's a prescription drug addict or was a prescription drug addict. And those years were really, really hard. And he stepped in really as a father in my life during that time. Um, It was shortly after that, that I got married and married into my wife's family. And I, I got a a father-in-law who has become a father in so many ways. And I love Love him dearly, and he has had just an incredible impact on my life spiritually um, and in showing me what it really means to be present. (laughs) Um, It's a powerful thing to show up and to be there, and he's always there, you know, in those moments of life, Um, and so that's an amazing thing. And now, um, people who have impacted me, and it's not really a secret if you walk around the halls here at Holland Christian, like, I am blessed to be in a group of friends that I happen to teach with as well that are unbelievable. Um, Mr. Russ being one of those sitting across from the Why table here now. Okay. <laughs> wise and handsome. Those are the first two adjectives that really come to my mind. <laughs> that it is amazing. And I talk about this in class two with C.S. Lewis. Who you surround yourself with yeah, for sure. just makes such a huge difference. And And I just feel so blessed each day to come in and have this group of five guys that have been through the ringer together with losing one of our really good friends a couple of years ago Um, and have have had so many moments of joy and sadness and it's pretty much all out on the table and when you can live life that way where you're that Mm -hmm. vulnerable with people and you know like they're gonna be with me through it all through the good the bad the ugly the wrestling the struggles um, that's a pretty incredible thing and has made me a better person for sure so thanks mr russ hey hey,
2: that's that's really
0: more to
1: mr blaster and mr Mustard, (laughs) but
2: but you too that sounds like a awesome step from high school where you kind of felt like i have this stuff going on but i have to keep it to myself and you know i can't trust whatever but then now same hallways same place but you're like hey i'm here this is what's happening and you know I've got these guys and they're here for me and then I'm the same. That's sweet. It is
1: pretty cool. I'd never really thought about it like that, Cam, Cam tell the you connection just, man.
2: That's I thought is Cam the Incredible. The incredible
0: oh. connection man. Oh. How there you go. Uh, that's that's super that's really insightful, Cam. Thanks. Yeah. That's so true. You hmm. mentioned your dad, Kevin. Now, I don't want to yeah. pry too deeply because this is a podcast, but are you willing to tell us just a little bit more about your dad yeah. and his, his impact on you?
1: Sure. My dad is, um, We at senior camp, we talked about our theme, Living mm-hmm. Testimony, and he's the first person that comes to my mind. Um, my dad, when he got married to my mom two years into their marriage, had a pretty bad accident and flew through the windshield, long story short, got gangrene in his leg. They had to amputate. They actually amputated twice. And a couple of years after that, my two sisters were born, then I was born, and then my younger brother. So we just grew up. Having a one-legged dad in the house, a common phrase was, go get my leg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're going to get dad's leg, you know, because he had uh, a fake leg. But my dad was awesome. Like, he was my hero. Like, I think many, you know, young kids, like their dad's their hero, and mine was. And he did everything a lot of the other dads did. He taught himself how to water ski on one leg. He taught himself to downhill ski. We went for hikes every Sunday afternoon. Like... It's just what we did with with that, you uh-huh. know? I think I was a pretty good baseball pitcher because he would sit on a chair and I'd have to throw it right to him. Otherwise, I uh-huh. had to run and go get the ball. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, it was... I got pretty accurate for a while there. That was great. Um, What I didn't realize is that my dad, after losing his leg, kind of built up and started to struggle with a prescription drug addiction. And um, that really didn't become clear to me until I became a sophomore in high school. Um, I knew my dad had phantom pain, um, which is what he struggled with, with the brain still sending uh, impulses to a limb that's not there. And it was really painful for him. But when I turned 16... Uh, My dad came into my room that evening and asked me to take him to Holland Hospital um, because he was having phantom pain. Of course, dad's hurt like that's what you do and brought him in there and he got a shot. And um, because of the heaviness of the drugs, he always needed a driver to bring him home. And that sort of became one of my roles from 16, 17 and 18. Um, On average, one or two nights a week, dad would come in and that was just a normal thing. And I thought I was helping dad um didn't realize later i was probably a part of that you know drug addiction that was happening there um it started to get really bad when Oxycontin um came into the mix and when my dad got hooked on that that was um that was really the low point um to the point after i was married my mom had to move in with us for a while yeah. cuz it wasn't safe to be with my dad we went through the gambit in and out of different rehab places, things along those lines. I, I won't go into the whole story here, but, yeah. um, long, long, long story short, um, uh, before my dad died and it'll be two years this October, um, we got to at least be at a place where he knew I loved him and I knew that he loved me too, um, And that was through some periods of a couple of years where I didn't talk with him and he didn't talk with me. And so I feel really grateful that we got to that point. Um, It was not an easy life for my dad, Um, going through and and losing a leg like that at a young age in your early 20s. That's not what you expect when you wake up in the morning. It's not an excuse for a lot of the choices he made, Um, but at the same time... um, I think he raised four pretty good kids as well. And a lot of the credit to that goes to him and my mom and how they chose to walk through life as well. So, hmm. yeah, he's definitely somebody I think of a lot when I hear that term living testimony.
2: Hmm. After a senior camp, when you were able to share a bit with the senior guys, I know being back at the cabin that last night and even on the bus and days after that, I would just keep hearing like, or we chat about it a little, like, oh, Mr. Kuhlman's story was awesome. And some <laughs> people were, like, talking about how that was they were able to relate that to their lives or, like, draw from that and how they were very thankful that they were able to hear from you. Uh-huh. And along with other teachers, of course, just hearing stories from people that, like, we've been with the past few years, but we just are like, hey, Mr. Kuhlman. But now it's like, oh, this is... His story, this is where he came from. He's more than an English teacher. Or Mr. <laughs> Eisen goes more than a chemistry dude. Right. Like, there's a lot more to it. And I think that's definitely been able to help our community and bring us closer as just a school. And I mean, I'd say that's, we should keep that. I don't know if you did that senior camp the year before, but.
1: Yeah, we've, we started doing that a number of years ago. It's the lake walk where we travel around mm-hmm. that lake and hear hear four-ish or so stories from teachers, um, typically to do yep. with the theme or whatever, but maybe just sort of a you know stupid analogy, but that Wizard of Oz moment, a little peek behind the curtain, Yep. right? And, and you get parts of that within class and everything, but um, these people that I get to work with are incredible, incredible. Um, and if you get the chance to get to know them a little bit better and if they're willing to share a bit of their life too it's amazing because um, they all have a story as to yeah. why they're here at this place and why they do what they do um, and it's really really cool to be able to work with them each day too
2: yeah i think we that's kind of a what I, yeah what if we did that
0: we could like interview teachers s- and staff hey I that sounds so cool. like a great <laughs> idea <laughs> yeah
2: no i know i know we're very thankful we were able to hear from you oh thanks so. cam thanks Thank for having me here I got today one last guys question. Yeah.
0: yeah this is something i wonder you do you st- Start. I know our classrooms are on opposite sides of the school. Do you start every class with a song? I know you used to, or at least sometimes when I'm walking by, you're playing music. Yep. Why? What are you, doing? <laughs> what are you uh, doing?
1: All right. So I guess it's another story time. I go Perfect. back a number of years ago. Uh, I go back a, a number of years ago, and I had started for that year. I think my professional goal just for that year was to meet kids at the door. This was back a long, long time. You maybe remember, like, oh, yeah, meet kids at the door. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that was like my professional goal. I'm going to do that every day. I had a student in the last day of that year stop me uh, at the door and just said, hey, Mr. Kuman, I just want to say thanks for meeting me at the door every day. And I was like, oh, good. Maybe I'm doing something right. And then with tears in her eyes, she said, you're the only person that says hi to me every day. Hmm. And my heart just broke. Like, oh, that is so like just hurts that she was that alone at school um and so i made it my goal from then on out like i am at the door meeting kids eye contact saying hey how are you come on in the water's warm stupid stuff like that (laughs) Um, but in the process i always have music going as well i just want to make a welcoming environment for people coming in like i really am genuinely glad that you decided to come Mm. here today Mm -hmm. most of them would say that they have to because of you know school and whatever else but I genuinely want it to be a place that they're excited and that they know that they've been invited. Come on in. I'm excited and glad you're here.
0: Ah, amen. And you are somebody who, sorry not to just Stop. suck up to you <laughs> here, but you are somebody who embodies that, Kevin Kuhlman. You are somebody who, when you see, I feel like, man, this is the place I want to be. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Thanks, yeah. Ken.
1: Thanks, Mr. Russ, for having me.
0: Hey, Kevin Kuhlman, thanks for being on H.C. <laughs> Medium Talk. We love you. And that's it.
2: Go maroons. Go, go maroons. Go maroons.
0: <laughs> Here you go. Hey, thanks for joining us for this week's episode of HC Medium Talk. Next week we have a special guest, interim superintendent Dr. Jim Boltman. This is your chance if you have a question for Dr. Boltman, email Bruss at hollandchristian.org. That's B-R-U-S-S at hollandchristian.org, and you might just hear asked next week.